2: I
1: am awake. Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake, and I'm your host, Wakanja Hade. Hey, cut a gee to all my friends and relatives in four directions. You are listening to native roots radio presents. I'm awake and I'm your host, Robert pilot. Hey, we discuss local and national native news and events. And as you know, Wendy native issues are human issues and human issues are native issues.
3: Yes, they are.
1: Hey, we just want to give a quick shout out to Haley. Haley's off today and Monday and she's celebrating her birthday. And, uh, we just want to say happy birthday, and uh, we really appreciate you here on Native Roots Radio and as a family member. We are here, and it's Friday. We're here with State Senator Mary Kunish, uh, Minnesota State Senator. Uh, for uh, you guys listening to uh, Outstate Minnesota and our Civic Media Network, uh, we're really always happy to have Mary on Fridays. Uh, welcome, State Senator.
2: Oh, thanks so much. I'm happy to be here. Matakiape everyone.
1: Right on. So uh, you are in session now.
2: We are. um, At the beginning of this past week, somebody said, oh, can you believe it's only been two weeks that we've been in session? And I was like, wow, feels like two months. And then somebody else looked at me and she said, no, it's three weeks now. (laughs) So we are quickly losing track of time. And it's a short session for us here in Minnesota. We have to be done by the third week of May. And uh, so we're we're just trying to figure things out as as um, the schedule will allow us. We just were able to um, find out our our budgets or what our 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 dollar um, what tax dollars we would have um, for this next session to use, and then of course we have to. Wait and see what each one of our committees are allocated. But um in Minnesota, we have a we have you know a healthy, a healthy economic and budget forecast going forward forward for the next couple of years. There's a surplus of $3.71 billion billion dollars. And um that's up already from $1.3 billion from the November projections. But we recognize that with that incredible session we had last year and the dollars that we had to invest in uh, in uh, Minnesota and Minnesotans across the board last year, it's not going to be anything like, like we had last year. Um, that $3.7 billion sounds really healthy. But just to remind folks, for my education budget last year, it was $5.5 billion just for education. So um, we have been managing um, not only our own expectations at the legislature, but everybody else who is coming to us and saying, you know, can you can you support this this program or can you put more dollars into different areas of our education? And there's nothing I'd love more to be able to do that. But I have a feeling it's just going to be some one time money that we're going to be able to use to bolster some of the things that we've done already, um, perhaps put a little bit into some other areas that are doing the really good work for our communities and um, see where it gets us.
1: Well, it, isn't this more of a, that was a budget uh, season the last uh, last time around, and this is more about uh, policy? Isn't that how it goes? Yeah. Or is it is it still kind of...
2: Yeah, it's, it is. Um, we In Minnesota, we work on a biennium. So every two years, and usually the first year is a budget year. We set the budget for the two years following. Um, and then the next year is more of a policy year. But we also have um, uh, bonding years along with those policy years. And bonding is when we use the the taxpayers' dollars to take care of Minnesota's infrastructure. So the roads, the bridges, um, our state buildings and infrastructure is is really an important part of that. But then there are also many uh, localities, many municipalities that need help with their water treatment, Um, perhaps, um, like in my district, we have this, this sweet little community called Hillside, um, Hillside, and it's, um, it's a manufactured home community. So it's, that's all it is. And it's its own little municipality unto itself, but it does. Yeah. It doesn't have a, um, storm shelter that's adequate for the community. And so, um, this year I am, uh, Sponsoring legislation to help them build an adequate ADA accessible, large enough for the community um, to uh, for some dollars to help them with that. So it's it's interesting to see all these uh, community, these municipal requests coming in for help. And um, of course, we want to make sure our bridges are safe that um, the water that we're drinking, no matter where, and that was a huge discussion this week in agriculture. I sit on the Agriculture Committee. Uh, Southwest Minnesota has a lot of nitrate in their waters, and we are looking for ways to ensure that that everyone across the state doesn't have that issue, and that's a big one in Minnesota because we pride ourselves on being a very agricultural community uh, state and uh, when the nitrates are at such high levels and they're seeping into to the water that's not doing anybody any favors and um, so that was those are some of the things that we've been looking at and thinking about
1: wow that's a lot and uh, I know Wendy here in St Paul we've had some water issues here just recently come up that kind of surprised me
3: yeah we got we got notification that um water the uh, water in our area could possibly have lead in the water Mm. and it was warning you know young children and pregnant women should not drink the water oh wow yeah so I went online and I found Brita filters that are specifically for lead and it also filters out other things I don't know if it filters out nitrates I don't know that However, so we bought these filters and we don't, we don't even give our animals uh, water from the sink. So they get the filtered water as well because lead could also um, you know, affect them as well. I had a question, Mary, the municipalities that uh, ask you for certain monies for certain projects, are those things that are voted by the people or where do those requests come from?
2: Those usually come from the, the cities themselves. Mm. So uh, like this one for Hilltop, that came mm-hmm. from the city. Um, but there might be other organizations that are actually asking for dollars to help mm. with the work that they do. For example, the American Indian Center in Minneapolis. Okay. They are, um, you know, they're like the hub almost like the hub of the Midwest. There's a lot of uh, Native folks that come from far and wide for programming, for support, for the events that are held there. Um, The clinic, the, the Indian clinic is just across the street. And, you know, there's people from Wisconsin and the Dakotas that come to that clinic because they trust the people there and so uh organizations like um um Wakantipi, um the Indian Center uh Indian uh health board all of those uh, entities f- for native you know in in native indian country will also ask for some assistance in in financial areas uh up north there's a number of the tribes that are asking for help in in creating sort of a community hub with a clinic, a community center, rehab, childcare, those sort of things. So it isn't just it isn't just governmental or municipal organizations that are asking these nonprofits that are doing the work. I mean the actual work, um they need some help in these matters. Um and oftentimes we'll be told we're just giving money to our friends, but they're doing the work.
1: Yeah their boots on the ground what we like to say hey we're here with state senator mary kunish of the great state of minnesota and wendy pilot of the great state of new york right now oh wow (laughs) hey and uh we'll be right back happy birthday haley you're listening to native roots radio presents i'm awake
3: stay with us
0: The city of Minneapolis is now on Native Roots Radio with Minneapolis AIR. AIR stands for American Indian Relations. Guest host Christine McDonald talks to people about important things affecting the city's native communities. Minneapolis AIR dives into topics like public safety, public health, elections, and so much more. Tune into Minneapolis AIR on Native Roots Radio from 5 to 6 p.m. on the second Wednesday of every month. Right here on AM 950.
1: Hey, if you're like a lot of people, you're probably relieved that the holiday celebrations are over. But there's one thing that might stay with us from the holidays besides all those gifts. And that's COVID-19. Numbers from COVID are going up as we spend more time inside. And Native Americans are seeing even bigger case spikes. With all the indoor celebrations over the holidays, you may have unknowingly been exposed to someone with COVID-19. That's why it's important to stay vigilant. If you notice any symptoms like a fever, a tickle in the throat, or heavy fatigue, take an at-home test. They're still free and can be ordered at SayYesHomeTest.org. If you do test positive, you're eligible for free treatment, and no health insurance is required. Visit health.state.mn.us to connect with providers and receive your treatment. Let's make 2024 the healthiest year ever, securing a brighter future for our Native community.
0: Hey,
1: welcome back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake.
3: This portion of the show is brought to you by the Native American Community Clinic on Franklin Avenue in Minneapolis, honoring health and tradition.
1: I love that tagline because they really do do that. Hey, okay. we're here with State, State Senator Mary Kunish and later on, Wendy Pilot with our sacred animal. Uh, fun facts. Uh, is that what's going to happen when? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> She's guessing. Okay, we're doing the show. We're doing, we're, we're, show, but <laughs> we're doing
3: fun facts. It'll happen.
1: Right on. And we're here with State Senator, and uh, State Senator Mary Kunish, and uh, State Senator, uh, it's fun. We have uh, one of your allies and a person you've worked with closely over the years moving to Minnesota, and we had Ruth Buffalo stop in on our show the day after that was announced. That's uh, pretty awesome news.
2: I know. Um, if, if folks remember, uh, Ruth Ann Buffalo is actually a state representative in uh, North Dakota, And she uh, worked very hard to pass along um, a Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women's uh, Task Force as well. I think that they kind of pulled the rug out from under her and and didn't uh, fund it. But she continues to advocate and advocate for women and Native women in particular. And so she is coming to Minnesota and I believe she will be the director of the Minnesota Indian Women's Resource Center here in Minneapolis. Yeah. And they're um they're located in the heart of urban Indian country. Mm-hmm. And there are so many needs that uh that they provide to our women. It's an incredible program um, that is seeped in the traditional ways of. Of our our communities, our Native communities, and especially in ensuring that there are support systems out there for our Native women and their families. And uh, I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, um, the area, Minneapolis has, like, not only a large, large Native population from uh, folks from all different tribes and all over the state, but it makes it um to be the third largest urban American Indian population in the United States. Yeah. And so we see a lot of mobility between um be- between the folks that they serve. Maybe they're coming from Greater Minnesota down to the city looking for education or uh, job opportunities. Maybe they're coming up from Chicago. Maybe they're coming from so many different areas. And um, the Minnesota Indian Women's Resource Center is one of our most valuable, valuable assets and gems in Minnesota. And so I'm really uh, excited for Ruth Ann to become. Mm-hmm. Uh, A Minnesotan, maybe. I I don't know for sure. I haven't talked to her about if she's moving here or not. But uh, we would certainly welcome her with with open arms.
1: Well, it sounds like the whole family's moving up, and I forgot this. She has mentioned this in the past. In her younger years, she worked up here for Iqua for a year in Minneapolis, and I know her daughter went to school here a year ago. But uh, you know. uh, the the women's resource center the native american resource center they do birthing they do all these these classes and things and they've really taken up to a lot of the slack since the uh, native american uh, uh uh center has been been reconstructed and, and worked on which will open in may it's exciting to, ha- to have her come join us and uh she has a a lot of uh, good things and uh it's too bad, too, that she got gerrymandered out of that uh, district there. That was really a bummer because I know she worked really, really hard on her last uh, campaign. and uh, But it's good news for Minnesota. And, uh, Mary, I don't know if you've ever heard this, but according to the Minneapolis Public Schools, uh, there are 150 different Native American tribes that go through the school district here in Minneapolis.
2: yeah. Yeah, um, I, I have heard that. I didn't remember that number exactly, but uh, Minnesota is a really good place to live. I mean, that's the bottom line. Uh, we care about our environment. We care about our kids. Do we have enough money for everything that we want for our students? No, we don't. But, you know, we are uh, working on uh, curriculum, Indian education for all, and all means all in all the different um curriculum areas in our schools and you know we passed uh, legislation to allow kids to wear that eagle feather in their hat Uh, Mm -hmm. I have a hearing coming up on Monday to allow for smudging in um, in the schools and I feel like we have to name it after um, John uh, yeah
1: John Boblink yeah
2: I I feel like I want to name the bill after John Boblink, who just, um, rest his soul, just passed away, but was an incredible advocate for American Indian kids in the St. Paul School District. And he worked really hard on um, getting uh, the the permission or the ability for kids in St. Paul Public Schools to smudge during the school day. Mm-hmm. and um, so we're bringing legislation to allow that across the state, and yeah, I think I would like to rename that that bill after him.
1: Yeah, John was a, a gentle soul, and he was there for the right reason. He was, uh, yeah, I worked with him for quite a few years, not only as a St. Paul public school teacher, but also uh, in, uh, I was on the parent committee for the Indian Ed, and so I got to see John every month in, in that meeting. And he was a huge advocate. And as you can see through all the posts and Facebook, uh, people do recognize the the great advocacy that he's, uh, he's, uh, his legacy will, uh, will show everyone. It's just, uh, and I appreciate that. And a lot of people appreciate that. John was a, was a good man. And, uh, yeah.
2: yeah. He'll be missed. I, I just saw him very recently at the um, Andayang Powwow, and and we had a really nice conversation. And he did share with me that he was not well, Mm -hmm. and um, you know he he looked much thinner and uh, a little gaunt from the last time I had seen him, which wasn't really so long ago. And uh, I was you know immediately a little concerned about. And then his passing happened um, shortly after that. So I'm really fortunate to at least have had, like, a really pleasant last conversation with him. And he was always very encouraging and supportive of the work that I do here in the States. So we'll miss him a lot. Um, And he's left a a pretty strong legacy for folks in St. Paul to carry on.
1: Yeah. uh, And, yeah, it's and – there is a – I don't know if it's a wake or if it's a ceremony but tomorrow at Ames uh grade school I don't know if you're aware of that but I just got text that information mm-hmm. and I will definitely stop in and pay my respects.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I should get over there.
1: Yeah. Well, Wendy, what are what are you thinking here now all the way from New York right now? What uh you have any questions about what's going on in Minneapolis politics when?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, always. I just want to say too, I didn't have the pleasure of knowing uh, John, but uh, I, I'm also on Facebook and people have just poured, you know, outpoured uh, their sentiment about him. And I just want to, you know, send good wishes to his family and say rest in peace. Yeah. 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 yeah, you know, people, I talk to people here about politics, and I tell them that, you know, we are so lucky because we have a trifecta, and people don't know what that is. So I say, you know, we're really lucky because our governor is Democrat, our, our House of Representatives is Democrat House, and we also have a Democratic Senate. So we got a lot of good stuff done in Minnesota, where a lot of things that happen here at and elsewhere in the world, uh, the states there, you know, you you go in with good intentions to pass a bill or a law or something, and it and it just gets held up year after year after year, and you feel like you can't get anything done. So I just say how lucky uh, Minnesota is that we're able to really get good stuff done.
1: Well, yeah. and, and by the time you're home, Wendy, uh, hopefully I'll have one of those uh, murdered and missing indigenous uh, license plates on the
3: car. Yeah. And the oh, other no thing I one, talk huh? to people, uh, you know, a lot of people are just like, I only vote for the president. I don't I don't vote in any other election. So I kind of like to talk to people about how important local politics is. It's even more important sometimes than, you know, the, the big presidential election that you really want um, to, uh, to do that. I mean, we, we just saw here in New York that um, Santos, his seat uh, was taken over by a Democrat. So this is like really unbelievable. Nobody really thought that that would happen. And it did. So you really have to get out there and vote for every election for city council member, you know, for your Minnesota, you know, your state senator, you know, the big, you know, the other senators, the the governors, all of it, you have to get mm-hmm. out there and get um, involved.
2: Yeah. And, and even just right down to the very basics of, community leadership, your mm-hmm. mayor, your city council, your they're the ones board. that are making yeah, yeah, they're making the decisions about mm-hmm. your city, uh school board, absolutely mm-hmm. in this day and age. Um uh there's 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 many opportunities to participate. Mm-hmm. And uh once you start, once you put your yourself out there, I think um I think it's really going to To uh, make a difference. And uh, I would encourage, you know, especially Native folks to consider running for office, not just in tribal communities, but their communities at large.
1: Yeah, definitely. Hey, we're here with State Senator Mary Kunish and Wendy Pilot. And I am Robert Pilot, and this is Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake. And we'll be right back with some more with the State Senator.
3: Stay with us.
1: Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States. And
3: 80% of
1: Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf.
3: Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy.
1: As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired.
3: Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's Let's live live and let howl.
1: All My Relations Arts presents Okizi. Okizi means to heal, and the exhibition highlights the healing power of cultural revitalization for Native communities. Okizi showcases prints, mixed media, textiles, beadwork, digital collage, and glass sculptures by Native American and Sami artists. It explores Indigenous communities' active healing efforts through language revitalization, land back movements, and embracing traditional knowledge. Visit All My Relations Arts to experience Okizi through April 13th. More information at allmyrelationsarts.org. Life can be hard. Sometimes it feels like there's no answers, like there's no way out. Hennepin County's Cope Mobile Crisis Response is here to listen and help you find a way through whatever is going on in your life. Call 612-596-1223 for no-cost crisis support anytime, anywhere in Hennepin County. That
4: number is 612-596-1223. Do you want a fast way to save money? It's easy. With Rudy Luther Toyota, start with the Luther Advantage card. With every new and used vehicle purchase, you'll get three years of $0.10 off per gallon of gas at holiday station stores, as well as discounted works car washes for only $6. Plus, the Luther Advantage card gets you other benefits, too. See their website for details. And Rudy Luther Toyota wants to buy your used vehicle. They'll ensure a great offer. Go to RudyLutherToyota.com for the details. Saving money and getting you a fair price is easy. With Rudy Luther Toyota, the southeast corner of 394 and 169 in Golden Valley.
0: Peace of mind shouldn't cost a fortune. We keep things simple at Schroeman Law because we believe planning for your estate and end-of-life care shouldn't be stressful or expensive. Every client relationship starts with a free consultation so clients have the information they need before making important decisions. From there, we work closely with clients to ensure they are choosing the most efficient and cost-effective plans for their specific needs. Schedule a free consultation today at schroemanlaw.com. That's S-C-H-R-O-M-E-N law.com.
4: February is AM 950 Listener Appreciation Month. We can't run the station without you, and we wanted to show you how much we appreciate you listening to us. How it works is pretty simple. Throughout February, we'll ask you to like posts on Facebook, sign up for our e-newsletter, and call into the shows. When you do, you'll have a chance at winning prizes like gift cards to restaurants, tickets to our listener appreciation events, and much more. It's our way of thanking you for being a listener to AM 950. You are appreciated. Thanks from everyone at the Progressive Voice of Minnesota, AM 950.
3: Next Chapter Booksellers is the perfect destination for indoor winter activities. Cozy up with a book. They have all the bestsellers and new releases. Plus, their booksellers are great at making recommendations. Beyond Books, enjoy mind-bending puzzles and family fun board games for those snowy days. And don't miss Next Chapter's in-store events, book clubs, author signings, and children's story time. So stay busy this winter with Next Chapter Booksellers off Snelling and Grand in St. Paul. More at nextchapterbooksellers.com.
1: Hey, welcome back to Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm awake, and I'm your host, Robert Pilot.
3: This portion of the show is brought to you by the Native American Community Development Institute, located in Minneapolis, Native American Corridor.
1: Right on. Good good read there, Wendy. You got the rust off. You are ready to go every day again? Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah.
3: Every well, other day.
1: There you go. Hey, w- well, we're celebrating to uh, our seventh year of being on the air and mm-hmm. Wendy being one of the founders of Native Roots Radio and uh, always with the animal animal segment that's we're going to have today. So, hey, we're here with State Senator Mary Kunish. And I know when Wendy's always was sitting next to me, she always takes her headphones off and says, ask them what they want to talk about. And so this is uh, state senator's. Uh, a segment right now. So go ahead, State Senator, what would you like to talk about?
2: Well, I mean, there's always so much to talk about, but one of the <clears throat> my favorite days, uh, now that I'm chair of education finance in the Minnesota Senate, is our library day. And that is the day that um, I invite librarians from across the state to come in and talk about the kind of work that they do. Uh, Wendy mentioned that we are in a trifecta where the Democrats uh, have the majority in in all three um, branches of our government. And that meant last year when we had an abundance, we were able to spread that abundance out across uh, so many different areas. And one of those ways was to shore up our libraries. And there were, there are, you know, a number of different ways that different libraries provide not just books and, and literature, but a lot of information and support and create invaluable hum, uh, uh, community hubs for their their community and, and draw around from each other. And especially over COVID, those libraries were, um, were so invaluable. Last year, we were able to invest um, almost $3 million in our regional library systems and uh, multi-county, multi-type libraries. We put 700, like a million seven into those. But one thing that I'm really proud of is that we also reinvested in our library media specialists. Those are the librarians in the school that create the the library collections. Like for me, I was a library media specialist for 20 years. I loved it. Um, But we also I also taught classes, all the technology classes for a little kindergarten through fifth grade school, as well as researching and resource um, location, how to put together good reports and and make sure that we're using, um, you know, facts, not not fiction. And so we were able to put about twenty three million dollars into that, but also provide grants for teachers who might be interested in in coming into the profession. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing, we're seeing really, we're hearing really good, um, consequences to those investments. I, there was an article in the, um, Star Tribune. I love to tell this story and it was about how Minneapolis, you know, saw that we were investing in libraries. So they, um, uh, Promise pledged to have at least a halftime 0.5 library media specialist in every school. And that has made all of the difference. There was a, a teacher, a library media specialist who was in a school where the library hadn't even been open for a couple of years. And he reopened it and energized it. And his quote was that um, the books are flying off by the gazillion. Hmm. Uh, and so kids are starved for really good legis- uh <laughs> Really good legislation. Yes, they are starved <laughs> for that, but really good literature and access to information. And um, I couldn't just, I just couldn't be prouder than, than the, the work that we did uh, in that area of, of education and community building and support. And so with that, I just want to remind everybody that uh, starting tomorrow, it's Read Across America. Oh, and I would encourage you all to visit your local library. If you don't have a library card, go get one. Uh, if you do, go ahead. And, you know, a lot of libraries are now um, taking away the the fear of having an overdue book or say a <laughs> book goes missing um, by not charging fines. And that has made an incredible difference uh, to Minnesotans where they know that if it's late, oops, or... It got misplaced. Um, they're not going to have to be out those dollars right away, and and that those books just need to come back, and we're happy to have them back.
1: I think Wendy has something to say about a library card, real quick, don't you, Wendy? Uh,
2: oh, I well, that was that was one of the first things that I
3: did when I came to Long Beach, New York, was to walk up to the local library and get a library card, yeah, and check the library out, and our the library here. You know, like you said, Mary, it's more than just, you know, giving books out. Uh, They have different classes. You could have go to Pilates. They have art classes. They they have movies, uh, different movies here once a week that you could go and watch for free. Um, It's, you know, there's spaces where you could just go and sit quiet and get work done. There's computers here for people who don't have access for, you know, um, at home. Yeah, you so can go to the library and look up stuff and print stuff out and, you know, fill out forms that they need to do and all kinds of things.
2: Yeah, I remember I was a reference librarian for a while, too, you know, as teachers always having a, a second job. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, people would come to me with the, the you know, most interesting questions. And it was our job to help them find the answers to those. And sometimes we had to borrow books from a library halfway across the country. Um, And um, it's just libraries are just so vital. I taught um, computer classes to the elderly when I was a reference librarian. And, you know, one of the librarians testified at the for the legislature sitting in her car outside of a library because she was in remote Minnesota and didn't have Uh, access to the internet. Wow! So that's a big one too.
1: I remember as uh, being a a teacher for quite a few years and uh, going to the library in our school and the librarian, uh, the media specialist, which he was and is, was was giving uh, tips on how to use Google. And there was things like putting quotes in there and things that I never even knew, but helping with research for these kids that, uh, so the media specialists do more, like you were saying, than just uh, check out a book.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
3: And and we could probably all remember the day going to the library and using index cards to find uh, what we need. (laughs) But (laughs) using like microfiche and, yeah. you know all kinds of stuff that doesn't oh even my gosh. exist Thank anymore we don't. And, and some uh there's generations now that don't even know what i'm talking about or what those <laughs> words even mean
2: oh my <laughs> gosh i remember those cards and they were written handwritten by yes. you know the with the nicest penmanship ever <laughs> yeah
3: yes. um,
2: but even when they went to like getting it typewriter you know, done. I can't even imagine doing that. Um, but yeah, so I would suggest everybody enjoy read across America. Minnesota has a book awards program that's, um, done by the friends of the St. Paul, uh, library. And, um, there are just, you know, look for those kind of things in your, in your state, because there's just fabulous books. And these books are Minnesota authors. Um, you know, in, in Minnesota, um, the finalist there's in children's, there's a book called beneath. And there's one that I really, really, I love the title of it. It says, can we please give the police department to the grandmothers? Can you imagine <laughs> if our grandmothers, were the one? if the grandmothers are the one policing it? Um, and then just some other really incredible books, um, there's one about uh, the greatest summer in baseball history, how the 73 1973 changed uh, us forever and lessons on the road to peace. Um, oh,
1: I want to I want to see the 73 one. I was big, Yeah. And,
2: uh, yeah. Wow. It's just really fabulous stuff. There's some really good memoirs and creative um uh nonfiction. and these are all um books about Minnesota, but that could be applied anywhere. And I do have to say that there is a finalist in the novel and short story area, A Council mm. of Dolls. I don't know if you've read that yet. You have no. to read it. It's by um, an, a really great writer. Her name is Mona Susan Power. Oh, and,
1: uh, wow. Yeah, just,
2: just to be clear, she is my cousin. uh sure. But that's not why I think it's such a fabulous book. She has but written... She-
1: she did grass, grass dancers or what was yep. that in the 90s? Yep. yep. Yes. That was an award winning. And as a matter of fact, I took a class of hers at the U of M.
3: Yeah. Uh, Mary, can you just repeat the name of that book again? A Council of Dolls? A
2: Council of Dolls. Okay. What
3: is her? What is your cousin's name?
2: Mona Susan Power. Yeah. Thank you. That's all. She awesome. grew up in Chicago. Um, her mother, uh, her mother and my mother are actually first cousins. Mm -hmm. So, uh, her mother, Susan Power moved to Chicago where she really was the one that, um, worked on opening up the, uh, Indian center in Chicago Wow! and really worked hard to build community connections, um, in Chicago. And then, uh, Susan has had an incredible life. Went to Harvard for law school and became a writer. Lives here in St. Paul. Yeah. Um, but the interesting part about that book is there's, while it's fictional, it's there's a lot of my family history in there, and it it took me a while to get through the book because, you know, when you know who they're talking about and and you read some of the circumstances that, that our ancestors went through, you know, it, you kind of have to take pause and, and think about them and remember them and um, honor them. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, it's, I think it's one of, one of the best books I've ever read. And I'm not saying that cause she's my cousin. I've right. read a lot, a lot, a lot of books, um, but it gives a lot to think about. And um yeah, I'm just very excited. I'm going to. I already have tickets to go to the to the awards dinner. I hope we don't have a late night on uh, of legislature that night because it's always a really exciting evening here in Minnesota.
1: Yeah, and uh, our friend Kathy Coates, uh, Banish uh, forever the book that about Ho Chunk is uh, top ten uh, book in uh, being read and sold in Minnesota right now.
2: I, what did I, I think I bought three books at her, um, when you had that reception for her and I've handed them out to my brothers who are, um, you know, advocates and they're, they're just fascinated by it. So congratulations to her.
1: Absolutely. Hey, always thank you so much. Uh, Mary, uh, state Senator, Mary Kunish, uh, this is native Ritz radio presents. I'm awake.
3: Stay with us.
0: The city of Minneapolis is now on Native Roots Radio with Minneapolis AIR. AIR stands for American Indian Relations. Guest host Christine McDonald talks to people about important things affecting the city's native communities. Minneapolis AIR dives into topics like public safety, public health, elections, and so much more. Tune into Minneapolis AIR on Native Roots Radio from 5 to 6 p.m. on the second Wednesday of every month right here on AM 950.
1: Hey, welcome back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake and I'm your host, Robert Pilot.
3: This portion of the show is brought to you by Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations. Howl- Howl-
1: well, this is the part everybody has been waiting for, Wendy, our sacred animal section. And uh, mm. I want to introduce my awesome and beautiful wife, Wendy. Wendy has been an animal advocate for many years. And she talks about our sacred animals here uh, every week. And I learn something new every time you listen. And I, I do believe, uh, well, why don't you introdu- introduce yourself and also talk, tell us what you're going to talk about.
3: Sure. Hey, everybody. My name is Hanaji Hani. That means cares for them. I was given that name by my Dega Curtis. Curtis goes by Mashke Hanajinga, which means walks on white clouds. I'm a Humane Policy Volunteer Leader for the Humane Society of the United States, and I work on animal issues at the local and state level. It's always my pleasure to do that. Uh, today is Friday, so we're just going to do a fun fact Friday. Keep things light. There's a lot of you know, bad things going on in the animal world, and we all need to pitch in and work work on them but for today we're just going to keep it light and <laughs> and just relax because <laughs> sometimes it's easy to do that but i just wanted to let you know um our dog our little dog wanda she was in new york with me um, spending time here in long beach new york and she um got sick so she uh, yeah she had um she had diarrhea and oh. now she's yeah <laughs> i don't want to say it on the air but yeah she had a stomach ache and um, was having problems. So I took her to the vet yesterday and she does not have her parasite panel came back negative. So she doesn't have any parasites, which is good, uh, mm-hmm. but they don't really actually know what's um, you know wrong with her. So now she's going to be on prob- a probiotic once a day and an antibiotic twice a day. And the doctor also wants me to put uh, organic, pumpkin puree just like a teaspoon in her food every day
1: will you do that for me too He
3: said it's really good for her um
1: digestive
3: digestion and and helps them so uh yeah so we got all that she seems to be you know holding her own and she's doing all right for now but she gets you know she's such a smart dog that you know she will not go potty in the house which i'm really happy about but if (laughs) And I leave a potty pad out for her just in case, because you never know. But literally, she had me up at 2 a.m.,
2: 4.30
3: a.m., and then 10 a.m. Now, when I bring her out, she's like sprinting, uh, because here in Long Beach, it's very urban. So she has to run around the block to find a patch of grass, because everything's (laughs) concrete, right? So there I am at 2 a.m., four a.m and 10 a.m like i bring her out and she sprints like she's got to go so i'm running around the blocks to this patch of grass so that she can you know do her business but when i get back in the house i'm like awake (laughs) because i just ran around the block so it's like taking me a long time to fall back to sleep oh yeah so i feel like oh my goodness i just it's how it feels, you know, well, when you're um, had kids and you're up all night with them and then you, you can't really sleep and you know,
1: whatever you, but, you can't sleep, but they're sleeping.
3: There, yo oh, yeah, she's right, she's asleep. Yeah. I think I got up at the after 10. Yeah, we got back to the house at a little after 10 a.m. I was like, well, that's it, I'm not gonna sleep now, but she went back to sleep and didn't get up until one in the afternoon, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, sure, thanks a lot, dog.
1: Oh. Yeah. So
3: anyway, hopefully <laughs> she'll be on the road to recovery because, you know, at home, when we're home, we have a fenced in backyard and we could just let her out, you know, if she right. has to go. We don't, I don't have to get my jacket on, my shoes on, grab the <laughs> poop bags, you know, get the leash.
1: Cheese, mates.
3: Yeah. Tees, <laughs> maids. So, yes. oh my goodness. Anyway, but yeah, so I have a list here and yes. it is the one. 101 greatest animal facts here we and go a lot of these yeah some of these are new some of these you've never heard before some of them we've repeated 10 times so <laughs>
0: um
3: this is one i don't think i've ever talked about because this is i feel like this is new to me okay so there's a this, the loudest animal in the world hmm. is a mere two centimeters long and it's a prawn, like a shrimp.
1: Yeah. It's like a prawn. Loud.
3: Yeah. It says the loudest animal in the world is a mere two centimeters long, pr- a prawn. Yeah. Prawn. A prawn.
1: prawn.
3: Prawn. 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 Yeah. The, it's <laughs> called a, it's called a pistol shrimp. And the pistol shrimp is capable of snapping its claw shut so rapidly that it creates a bubble with, which, collapses to produce a sonic blast that's louder than the Concord's sonic boom. Do you remember wow. the Concord, the airplane, that yeah. big plane? Yeah, the Concord. Yeah. I saw
1: them on Long Island Beach the last time before they were retired. Remember yeah, that? Yeah, that was
3: a long time ago. How many years ago 20? do you think that was? Yeah, about 20 years ago. We were on the beach, and it came over to get, go into Kennedy Airport. And I'm telling, like, your whole body just shook from that thing because yeah. we're, we were pretty close to the airport. But, uh, yeah, the, the shock wave can reach 230 decibels also louder than the sound of a gunshot what yeah this is called the pistol shrimp you could look them up they're very pretty they're like red and white here maybe i could even show a picture all right so this is that is the pistol shrimp which is a prawn yeah and it's the loudest animal in the world
1: pretty and it's got little snappers on it
3: it does i didn't think i'd want to mess with Uh, it mess with that either but here's the other thing i've mentioned this before but i'm going to uh say it again it's number two flamingos are not pink uh they are born gray and their diet of brine shrimp and blue green algae contains a natural pink dye um, and that's what makes their feathers pink
1: wow yeah
3: so they're they're born gray and uh the shrimp that they eat and the blue green algae uh, that contains a natural pink dye makes their feathers pink
1: I wonder if I ate spinach every day that would happen to me I'd turn <laughs> I'd
3: green. green yeah. I don't know I've I've known people who I knew one person who ate a, a lot of carrots every day like <laughs> a bag of carrots a day and their skin turned orange
1: like the pres- the former president <laughs> yeah
3: <laughs> yeah
1: I know this is this okay. is makeup though bad
3: makeup. Yeah, very bad makeup. Yeah, yeah. They were saying some some while well, um, you just mentioned that. I just remembered a post that I saw saying uh, somebody was saying like you know even though Biden and Trump all are, are just about the same age, that yeah. Trump looks a lot younger. No, I don't know if I, I don't know if I feel that, but Biden responded by saying I have a lot better things to do with my two hours every day, than get a spray tan and fix my hair and have my makeup done and all that. So (laughs) if you think he looks younger than me, well, that's okay. I'll be looking like an old man because I have better things to do with my time. I don't know if that's true or not. You know, you never could believe what you read. You yeah you know check it Check everything you know, you know was, what you're reading.
1: you know it was said uh, by that great president. He said that uh, don't believe everything on that you read on the internet and it was signed by Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yeah. We got a minute here when
3: okay, otters, you know those cute little otters, oh, the little animals hands. that are, yes, they hold <laughs> hands while sleeping so they don't float away from each other. How cute is that?
1: I've seen videos,
3: and we already said this too. Hummingbirds mm. are the only known birds that could also fly backwards. Oh, no bird! No other bird can fly backwards except the hummingbirds. Oh, this is a funny one. I don't know. I have talked about this, but dolphins use toxic puffer pufferfish um, to get high. So Whoa. while the pu- while the puffer fish could poison other fish in the right. sea, it gives dolphins a high. And the dolphins have been known to play with the puffer fish just to get high.
1: Wow. This is Native Ritz Radio since I'm awake, and that reminds us of our drunk squirrels. Hey, thanks, Wendy.
3: Have a good weekend.
1: All right. We'll free Leonard Peltier now.